today we're going to be looking at Psalm number 101. And I would ask you to please turn there and follow, follow along there. I want to, the first phrase that I had underlined when I went through this, uh, this particular chapter was verse number three. That's what really caught my eye uh, as I was going through it. This idea that I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And actually, eyes are going to be mentioned three times in this chapter, but this thought about setting no worthless thing before my eyes, and if you happen to have the outline and the PDF before you uh, that I sent out in the email, you know, I use the the cell phone held up in front of uh, in front of our face that uh, you know, and on the screen it says, "I will set no worthless thing before my eyes." The idea of a cell phone and device it's one, it's a low lying fruit for this sermon. It's kind of like we, uh, you know, uh, there are so many things that kind of capture our attention, but nowadays it is our devices that capture our attention. And they're not necessarily worthless, but if we're not using it to the glory of God, uh, or if those things are taking us away from a life with God, then they certainly are worthless, and we're putting worthless things in front of us. And so that's uh, that was what I thought the, the sermon was going to be. But it, 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 as we discussed this, Jerry and I uh, talked on the phone and, and talked about this, the psalm, it became more apparent that it was much deeper uh, than that. And it, it looks to me that this psalm, uh, I want to challenge us with the, the idea of commitment and the idea of a king and a kingdom. Because in this psalm, it is indicating that it's a psalm of David, and I want to I want to go ahead and read through the whole thing first. But if you can see the outline, on the outline it's I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will not. You know, it's kind of like these are commitments that the king is making to God personally. That's going to be our first thought: is what the king commits to God personally, and then also what he personally commits in regards to the kingdom and how he is going to serve and honor the kingdom of God. So uh, we're going to read through these verses together, the entirety of the psalm, and then we'll come back and kind of discuss the outline that's before us. Psalm 101, verse number 1. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I will not, it shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, 
that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not be established before my eyes. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. So as we go through this, this outline basically follows verse by verse. Uh, and first we see the commitments of a faithful king. Um, the commitment of, it, to me, it's a, what comes to my mind as I read through this song is piety. Um, a pious king. A, you know, somebody, you know, it's not a word we use very often nowadays, this idea of piety. But somebody who is, is pious it, it is faithful, but it's faithful to the highest degree possible. It's somebody who is who just does everything to walk blameless. And I think this psalm highlights that. It is a pious king who is seeking to honor God in every way. So first of all, the, the commitment is a faith, as a faithful king, as a pious king, there are four commitments here that I narrow it down into. I summarize, first of all, there's this commitment, I will sing praises to the Lord. Here's the idea that, you know, the, the focus is on praise. The focus is on being able to proclaim the loving kindness, that, that faithful love of God and his justice. So, and it's certainly going to be something not we just sing about, but we live it out. God's loving kindness and God's justice. That is who he is. So we're going to sing about it. We're going to praise him for it. And we are going to act accordingly. Uh, a second thing here, letter B. I will give heed to the blameless way. So there is a way that is right. There is a way that is good. It is the Lord's way. We're not going to stray from that way. This is the blameless way. Let us not step aside from the blameless way. Let's follow the path of righteousness. There, I want to mention there's a question in verse number two. And it, he says, when will you come to me? You know, it's when we're, when we're walking on the blameless way, our, our greatest joy is, is being in the presence of God. And so it's a, it's a longing for his presence in our lives. And if we want that to happen, we've got to walk in the blameless way. We've got to walk in our house, within the integrity of our heart. And as the king talks about his house, I think his house is his family, but his house is all who are, who are serving in his household and, and serving in a way to, uh, to be in the leadership of that kingdom. And so he is going to act with integrity in regards to all of those people. So I will sing praise to the Lord. I will give heed to the blameless way. He's saying, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be pious. I'm going to be wholly devoted. I'm going to love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Letter C comes from verse number three. I mentioned this a little bit already. He says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Now, when I really thought about this a little bit, I, you know, I'm not going to put any worthless thing before my eyes. You know, it's kind of like I'm... I wonder if he was alluding to idols, idols, you know, idols worship. I'm not going to put idols are worthless, right? I actually looked up the, 
the Hebrew word for worthless here, and every time this particular word was used, it was always in connection with men. So that was an interesting thing for me to, to find out. I thought I was going to, you know, really elevate this word as we can't serve idols, anything that pulls us away from God, and we start serving it. You know, it's going to be that typical servant sermon that we can't give our lives over to idols. But it really is. It's anything worthless, anything. Any, if we devote ourselves to worthless people, you know, and, and really it's anything that is not devoted to God, anything that is not putting him first. You know, so this is where that, that uh, idea, if, if the only thing we do with our lives is sit down and, um, and crochet, and I think about my, my grandmother crocheting when she was old, if that's all we do with our, our lives is, is, is sit there and knit and crochet, you know, there's nothing wrong with knitting and crocheting. But if that's all we do, and if we don't do that to the glory of God, and if, it, and if that is what takes up our time and it pulls us away from God so that we're not devoted to him, if we're not really walking in the blameless way, if we're not searching after him, if we're not seeking his presence in our life, oh, Lord, when will you come to me? You know, the, the most innocent of things can become worthless. And David here acknowledges, man, there's all kinds of good things I could do with my life. He's the king, right? He could do all kinds of good for all kinds of people. But if all of those good things don't go to honor God, then they're all worthless. They're all worthless. So let us not set any have let's have no worthless thing before our eyes let's make sure that what we do with our time with our lives what we look at what we say everything about our lives let us make sure that it is to the point of the main thing and we as a church we have made it our goal and our desire that, that who we will be is that we will uh, be the Light of the world will be the salt of the earth, as Scripture calls us to be. So if we do anything that is taking us away from that, or we do a bunch of good things, but we're not really upholding who we want to be and who God wants us to be, then we're putting worthless, whatever it is we've put in that place of that, it's a worthless thing. I hate the work of those who fall away. You know, if, if people are falling, falling away from doing the work of God and being who God wants us to be, then we have fallen away. And people can be doing all kinds of good things that seem good to, to the world, but if they're not bringing people to Jesus, if we're, they're not proclaiming the truth of God, and if they're, the kingdom of God is not, being, uh, is not growing, numbers are not being or numbers of people are not coming to Jesus then we are doing the work of those who have fallen away i shall not it shall not fasten its grip on me so this letter c this idea of no worthless things there are all kinds of things that want to just grab our attention that want to hold on to us sinful things no doubt sinful pleasures, and, I, uh, and we can't let those things fasten their grip upon us. We can't let them get a hold of us. Even the good things, we can't let them get a hold of us if they're taking us away from the good thing, which is 
sharing the knowledge of God with everybody in this world. The, to go back to this idea of idols in this particular passage, if this is alluding to idols, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Even in that case, remember what God warned the Israelites about regarding the gods of the peoples all around them? He didn't say, don't go out and start worshiping those gods. He warned the Israelites, he said, don't take for yourselves wives from among the nations. Don't go out and bring bring people into your lives who serve other gods because then they will pull you away. It's like, you know, it's so funny. It's the, the idols themselves didn't have a great pull and a great attraction, but it was the women that they would set their eyes upon. These men would go after other women and marry from other nations. And then that is what turned them away from God to serve other idols. So it's really, it's really interesting to see is that what we search after isn't always the thing that we end up with. You know, we might search after a good thing. You might think it's good to have a foreign wife in, in the case of the Israelites. But once you do, then you get changed and twisted and you start serving their gods. So we got to be careful with the things that we do with our time. There might not be anything that we see implicitly wrong with what we do with our time and with our energies. But in doing and finding a good thing, it might take hold of you and pull you, change you from serving your God. And we need to repent and turn back and come to God. So moving on then to verse number four, a, a perverse heart, a twisted heart, I sh- shall depart from me. I will know no evil. And this idea of knowing evil, you know, that's intimate. And here is explicit, you know, somebody who has turned to follow after evil, gone after sinful ways. It's, it's an intimacy with, you know, this idea of to know something in the Old Testament, it talks about um, husband knowing a, a wife, you know, that's, that's intimacy, that's relationship, that's an experience together, a coming together. And David is saying, I will know no, in, no evil. I'm not going to have intimacy with any evil. I'm going to turn away from it. And so this is all, you know, this is all very personal. I'm going to sing praises to the God. I'm going to keep him first in my life. I will give heed to the blameless way. I'm not going to turn aside. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I'm not going to get sidetracked. And I will know no evil. My heart is going to be his. And now the idea and the thoughts kind of change as we go through the rest of the chapter. Because now there is a focus instead of on self and my own heart, my own life, there is, there is then what that, how that is going to affect others. And so for letter two, these are, there are commitments. They're still personal commitments. I will, I will, I will not. But they're to keep the kingdom faithful. So not only do I want to be pious, but I want to make sure that all of those within God's realm are pious, that they're faithful, that they're firmly established. And so this next verse, verse number eight says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. 
No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. You know, so here are the first two things. Number one, I will silence slander. I'm not going to let people talk about other people. I'm, I'm not going to let it happen. I will not tolerate arrogance. You know, people who think they're better than everybody else, I'm not going to put up with it. I will not tolerate it. I will not endure it. Uh, verse number six, my eyes, my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. As David says, I want to be faithful to God. I want to be committed to him. I want to have my heart right with him. I'm going to be, my eyes are going to be on other people so that they can do the same thing. I will set the faithful before my eyes. You know, it, it's, that's how I've worded it to kind of encompass all of this. He, and he who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. I'm going to, those are the people I'm going to invite into my life to be, to be, uh, to have a partnership with me. These are the ones, the, it's the faithful ones are our, excuse me, our, our eyes set on the faithful. Are they before our eyes? Previously in the, in the, in the verse before regarding the eyes, he said, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And so now he's saying, I got, I'm going to get rid of worthless things from before my eyes, and I'm going to place in front of my eyes the faithful. The faithful are before my eyes. How much do we think about the church? How much do we pray for one another? How often do we call one another? How often do we th do things to encourage and strengthen one another in Christ Jesus? How often do we engage in conversation that is uplifting spiritually? Or is it, you know, just talking about the weather and the Bengals and the Reds and whoever it might be? We've got some wonderful things in common, but let us set before our eyes the faithful. Get rid of the things that don't matter and put in front of our eyes the things that do. All right, on, on to letter D, liars shall not be established before my eyes. Let's not, let's not give liars a place of, incur, you know, a place of uh, where they can have influence and counsel before us. This is a king talking here, right? And he's saying, I'm not going to have liars come into, into my house, into my kingdom to help me, to serve before me. That can't happen. And then that really takes us on down to the very last verse, number, uh, number eight. He says, every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. David realizes that he has a mission in this life, and that is to make his kingdom a faithful kingdom. And it happens because Number one, he keeps himself faithful and keeps himself away from sin, and he keeps himself focused on what is right and good and brings glory to God, and he's got to help others do the same thing. He has to make sure that Jerusalem, that holy city, is actually a holy city. You know, if it's going to be that Zion is to be the city on the hill shining bright, then he, he can't let sin come and be uh, the 
the thing that everybody does and that what they're known for is being a sinful people. They must be committed to holiness. So he says, every morning, every day I wake up, I'm going to make it my mission to destroy the wicked of the land. Now that sounds harsh for us. You know, we don't go out and destroy people. Jesus doesn't call us to destroy people, but he calls people, he calls us to go out and call people away from sin. So his point here is I will remove iniquity to keep the nation holy. That's the important thing. So just, uh, you know, looking at this passage, Psalm 101, it's real simple. I'm going to be committed to God. I'm going to be faithful to him, pious. I'm going to keep sin out of my life, and I'm going to help the nation to do the same. And so it's a commitment to his own faithfulness and commitment to keep the kingdom faithful. Now, as I apply this to us, and I'll let you kind of work and do that, if you are committed to be faithful to the kingdom of God, then how does this apply to you? What is the application? And you might say, well, I'm not a king. You know, I'm not in charge of the kingdom. I'm just a part of the kingdom. Let me encourage you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. And consider this passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And here this speaks to us, and it, it reminds us that David was talking as a king regarding his kingdom, and we're, we are not that much different. We are part of a kingdom, and we are called to be priests within this nation, but not just any priest. It specifically says that we are a royal priesthood. What does royal mean? Royal has to do with the ones who reign. It has to do with the kings and the princes, right? And the princesses and the queens. They're the royal family. They're the ones in charge who are watching over things. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So all these things that we consider when you look back here and you think about the commitment of the faithful king, they are commitments we should be making. I will commit to sing praises to the Lord. I will give heed to the blameless way. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I will know no evil. And we should also have these commitments to the kingdom that we're a part of to make sure that we truly are a holy nation. I will silence slander. I actually talked about that a little bit a couple of weeks ago, not letting people say bad things about other people. I will not tolerate arrogance. I will set the faithful before my eyes. Liars shall not be established before my eyes. And every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land. I will remove iniquity to keep the nation holy. So we have this responsibility to ourselves and to the kingdom to make sure that we are not sinning, to make sure that no one else in the kingdom is sinning. We've got to produce this kind of work in the church and in our lives. Uh, the other thing, that, the other scripture, that was 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It came to my mind, and it struck me today because I've always been uh, curious about this one verse that always seemed a little strange to me, and it was like mysterious, and I don't know if I can explain it. 
And it's Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse, number, uh, verse number 6. And it's talking there about us as Christians who have been saved by Christ. Verse number 6 says, and it's at the end of a sentence, but we'll get the point, fine. And raised us up with him, speaking of raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has raised us up out of the darkness and into the light, and, and he raised us up from death to life and actually seated us with him in the heavenly places. Now, Jesus is seated there with God, and I get a picture of that means he's reigning. You know, he's in power, he's in control, he's seated, he's seated at the right hand of God, and we're seated there with him. And I get a picture now that maybe the right way to look at this verse in chapter Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, is when we're seated at the right hand of God, when we're seated there with Christ in the heavenly places, in the heavenlies, that we, it means we're a part of the royal priesthood. We're a part of reigning over this kingdom. And we need to be active and working as such with a commitment to God, in our lives, staying faithful to him, removing sin from our lives, and doing the best that we can to make sure that the nation itself is also being holy and blameless, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So today I encourage you, uh, set no worthless things before your eyes. Keep focused on the right things, the important things, and striving after those difficult things in life. This is when you really think about what is important, all those, those really important things in life that, are, that, that matter, that are worth doing for God, those are hard, challenging things to do. And it's a lot easier just to kind of go through life and go through the motions and just kind of try to live right. But God wants us to excel. He wants us to reign. He wants us to be that royal priesthood doing great things to the glory of his name. So let's do that. Let's be committed to that. And if there's anybody in the audience today that you have never been baptized into Jesus, then the fact is, is that you've never been buried as, as a sinner and then raised up with Christ and seated with him. You're not with Christ. You're not in that right relationship with him. And I encourage you today to make that decision to give your life to Jesus. And then begins the, the tough work of, of growing in Christ Jesus and uh, being committed to him, letting uh, staying far from sin and being a part of the kingdom of God. So if, there, if there's anyone who needs prayers or needs to respond to the message today, if you want to be baptized into Jesus, get a hold of us somehow, some way, uh, or find someone that you know and respect that, that teaches the truth and, uh, and give your life to Jesus. If you need to respond, I encourage you to make that commitment to do so as we sing this song. <laughs>